Hey, I'm Amy from Rebel Nutrition, and you're listening to Wealthy, Worthy, and Wild, a podcast focused on helping you live your most abundant life, whatever that means to you. From money, to entrepreneurship, to manifestation, to wellness and beauty hacks, to the occasional Real Housewives reference, if you're ready to start becoming your next level self, the future version of you who's doing, being, and attracting everything you desire, and having fun while you do it, you are in the right place, and it's time to start showing up as this version of you right now. Let's get into the show. Okay, well, welcome back to the podcast. You guys, I'm here again with Emily. Emily, welcome. Thank you so much. I love recording in person. It is a different energy. Yeah. It is definitely, I think, more invigorating than definitely so as soon as I get my freaking office together I've been trying to like decorate this forever mm-hmm. and I just am moving at a snail's pace so whenever we well, get now it, that you're staying in the house yes it's now time to now it's time you know. to make it actually look nice and it's still kind of a clusterfuck but here we are we're getting there I actually have a very important question for you that I was gonna ask oh my god um, people are going to need the answer to. Actually, it's just me because okay. I know, I mean, <laughs> I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but are you a Swifty? Do you like Taylor Swift? I'm afraid to say this publicly, but I, I, I think I love, I love her songwriting. I think she's an incredible songwriter. I wouldn't call myself a Swifty. I've not been to the Eras tour, but you know, nothing but respect for the Swifties. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know why I had a feeling, but then also I know that you're a fan of the 1975. Yes. She, I almost wore my 1975 sweatshirt oh, today. I was this close, but I was like, because it's white and I had white jeans on and then I was had like a coffee mug in the car and I was like, I'm going to spill this before I get there. <laughs> not like we're on camera or anything, but then I went for the black option instead. <laughs> Well, I was but wondering because so I know you were a fan of them, and then Maddie Healy is like the lead singer, yes, of the is. 1975. Yeah, dated Taylor Swift, and then I was like, wait, I was thinking about that, and I was like, I wonder what she thinks about that because I've never asked you. It was very, it was a weird time. I mean, like the 1975 has been in the zeitgeist for like you know ten years yeah. now, and so it's sort of a band that I like kind of grew up with in my twenties, you know. So it was it's weird because they've always kind of been at least in America, like they're really big in the UK mm-hmm. in America. They've always kind of been like just under the surface a little bit and then this most recent tour and album that they did like things kind of got elevated because he was doing all of this performance art that people were filming and then on TikTok it just kind of blew up and everyone's like what is this man doing and then he starts dating Taylor Swift and then they break up so it's just been like a whirlwind it was weird like I saw them a year ago in LA and then I just saw them again when they came back and they played the Hollywood Bowl like a couple weeks ago and it's funny to see like the audience changes because now everyone's sort of aware of this like pop culture Mm -hmm. moment in a way um which before it was just sort of like felt like you know one of those not like a cult band but just kind of like you know a a fan base that it has been around for a long time versus a new fan base I guess I should say so I thought it was a very weird pairing again Swifties (laughs) nothing but respect for you (laughs) I definitely had a red phase when Red came out, you know, and she's, you know, she's making billions of dollars yeah. for the economy. She's, That's amazing. She's boosting the economy. Yeah. No, it's so you funny. saw her twice, right? Yes. And then I saw the era's movie. Okay. How was that? It was, well, so it was amazing, but after having actually been to the tour, which yeah. sounds so like <laughs> I went to the real thing. And I think also it changed my perception a little bit because I went at like 
noon on a weekend in a theater that was not very popular so there was like okay. nobody else in it there wasn't I, w- I was like thinking that everybody in the in the theater was going to be like up and dancing and like the things that I saw on TikTok yeah. and it was just like everybody sat nobody made Crickets. noise and I was just like itching to be like screaming at the TV and oh, I was the only one and then Eric see. was next to me just like very chill with his broken collarbone and I was like okay well I guess I'm not getting up it was like, vibe killer you're yeah. like sorry about your kind collarbone but you're, bu- you're killing my buzz a little bit <laughs> but still highly recommend if you weren't able to actually go to the tour mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically just her concert like filmed so was it like did it was it like spliced with backstage stuff and any like documentary kind of no which I was hoping that there would be or I'm hoping that they're filming that and they just yeah. haven't talked about it yet because I would love to see like behind the scenes actually mm-hmm. even more so than just the songs again that's how my like concert of choice this year was renaissance so I went to renaissance twice and now that that movie is coming out I don't know if it I think it's going to be part of the concert film but then some behind the scenes but then there's also the visuals that people have been waiting on that was like the visual album that accompanied the the record so it's just a mystery but I, I literally want it to be like five hours long which I'm oh. sure how, is how people feel about the eras yeah movie they just no, would be like, like no, I'll I sit never, I never want it to end yeah I think you need to go to like a Friday night showing in like Santa Monica yes. with the team when the, you know 100%. when the teens are going to be yes exactly. there and then you'll get the vibe I saw videos of like some of my friends that went like that first week and it was just like I mean people were like like you said on TikTok like people doing circles I was like what the hell is going on <laughs> like it literally was like a seance I was like oh my god but you know anything that gets the girlies excited yes. I'm you know, in support are, of we are all about okay well quick little tangent I mean you guys know I always have to talk about Taylor Swift and everything that I do <laughs> um but today's gonna be really fun because Emily's gonna be asking me some questions again that actually were submitted in the um what is it called is it the lazy millionaire VIP chat or the VIP chat but on oh it's called a broadcast a on broadcast Instagram. yeah yeah. so it's like this little option probably <laughs> everybody has it I'm assuming it's an option to create a broadcast which is kind of like a special thread of dms for Mm -hmm. your followers for anybody who wants to join it so i created that it's linked in my bio if you guys want to join but it's kind of like a more i don't know intimate yeah personal yeah like where i share premium content (laughs) exactly and it's free so you can join it um but then that's where i asked you guys what kind of questions you had for me and we got a bunch of really good ones so yeah um we have kind of organized them a bit into sections like we're going to be talking about online course creation topics um, social media, just lazy millionaire hacks, money mindset, and some personal questions too. So it'll be, it'll be really fun. Yeah. I'm excited. Me too. Okay. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So lots of questions, rightfully so about just online course creation in general people. I mean, I think I'm sure this is a lot of these are sort of recurring because I think online courses can be such a mystery. And obviously like through OCA, a lot of these things are answered, but I think to sort of the cold audience, it sort of is, you know, sort of a confounding thing. A lot of these, a lot of these topics. And actually before you guys, we get into the questions, I just wanted to do a quick little reminder. Um, I talked about this in last week's episode, but in case you missed it, the doors into Online Course Academy are closing and they are closing tomorrow. If you are listening to this, the day that it comes out, you have like 24 hours to join the OCA bundle before the doors close. And the doors closing is not something that we have done in like three years. It's just always been kind of open at different price points with my uh, passive model that I teach. And you guys know I love the passive model, but we are closing the doors um, for, I'm not sure exactly how long, I'm guessing maybe 
a couple of months um, to make some updates and stuff like that, add some new bonuses, updated videos, all of that good stuff. So if you're a current student, you will get grandfathered in to all of those updates. Um, but if you are on the fence and you want to join, you definitely want to join now because it's the lowest price that it's ever going to be again. And then I'm not sure when the doors are going to reopen. So just thought I'd throw that out there. The link is going to be in the description of this episode. You can also come over to my Instagram at Rebel Nutrition and there will be links all over the place, I'm sure, <laughs> if you're listening to this before the doors have actually closed. Um, okay, so with that, let's get into the questions. Great. Okay, so first topic here, just online course creation in general that a lot of people have questions about. So first question is, um, I'm getting more followers, but not many are grabbing my freebie. What do I do? Okay, so I mean, obviously, without looking at what this person is doing, I can't really give specifics, but I would say most of the time when people are not getting a lot of conversions to their freebie. It's simply because they're maybe not talking about it or they're not mm. doing a call to action on a lot of the pieces of content that they're creating. So that would be number one. I would say like, make sure you're telling people not even just grab my freebie or join my newsletter. Like that's pretty boring and unsexy, <laughs> yeah. um, but like, why, what's the benefit? What are they going to get out of it? Um, what's in it for them essentially? Like that's the way that you want to pitch it. And then also just making sure that whatever your freebie or free thing that you're giving away is making sure that there is some sort of like reason why somebody would want to give you their email for it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's kind of, I think, fatigued with getting spam emails. So it needs to be good enough that somebody would want to submit their email for it. What is in it for them? Like that's the best way to think about it. And if it's not clear or if it's not really that valuable, then mm -hmm. people might not even be signing up for it. So yeah. It also like, it could be a title thing as mm -hmm. well. Like, is it not, is it like, you know, we talk about this all the time. Is it in your verbiage and not your unicorns verbiage of what they actually think that they need? And I feel like sometimes too, like, is it just not clear in your bio? Like if you just have a link or a stand store or a bitly or something, but your bio doesn't say like, grab my free guide to whatever, mm -hmm. like that's also a missed opportunity for people just landing on your page that could be enticed by you know, the text in your bio to download your freebie as well. That's, you know, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. If that's the thing that you're trying to push in the moment, you know, totally cool. Okay. So someone says, what would be the number one piece of advice that you would give to someone who just bought OCA has no website and 1000 followers? Ooh. Okay. Well, first of all, 1000 followers is a really good starting point. I think a mm -hmm. lot of people think that that's like too small to get started. That honestly is a a lot. That's a, a thousand people. That's a lot of people. Picture them in a room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine like that is, that is a really good place to start. So it's okay if you don't have a website yet. What I would do if that were me and I was like, I need to monetize ASAP. So uh, again, I would start to think about what is my course topic going to be and then mm -hmm. kind of work backwards from there. So I'm trying to think of an example course topic. How about, um, how to design your home podcast studio. I don't know. Yep, sure. <laughs> something like that. Okay. Relevant. Then I would like take a step back from that and I would think, okay, what is something I can give away for free that's related to this? Um, so maybe it's like a Amazon list of like mm. things to buy for your podcast office or something. Okay. Um, so that's my freebie. Now I would start creating content every single day on social media related to that course topic and sending people to my freebie. So at least I can like start warming people up to what's coming and I would like get my ass in gear to get <laughs> my course created I would probably put some sort of like deadline on myself like maybe one to three months I don't know even that seems like for that topic I think that seems maybe a little bit long but like trying to get a way to monetize as soon as possible and yeah. like set a deadline for it to get yeah. it launched 
Was there, is there anything you would add to that? You know, I think it's just, you know, the, the thousand followers. So ask yourself, like, are these thousand followers ones that I've created, like I've gathered because of friends and family, because I've been on Instagram for 10 years and through high school, college, whatever, I just have a thousand people. So what you're going to want to do is start to kind of, I think, measure, okay, how many of those people are going to be interested in this course topic that you want to create? And then look at it as like, you know, really making sure that even if your engagement isn't what it is at first because you're pivoting from maybe your personal into your now business account. Just remember that like a cold audience always has the opportunity to come in and find your stuff when you're being super targeted. But then again, if it is a thousand people who are already, you know, interested because you've started to talk about this potential course idea than you have, then you're, you're off to a great start, you know? Totally. Well, yeah. And I think like you said, if you are kind of transitioning from maybe you did share previous to this, maybe just like more personal stuff. So it's a lot yeah. of friends and family that follow you. I think that's okay. I don't think you need to start an entirely new account. No. I mean, if you want to, sure, but <clears throat> you don't, you might be surprised at how many of the people that, you know, maybe you've had in real life connections with might also be interested in your course. Yeah. And they're kind of there and they know you already. So it's kind of, I don't know. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. And then again, like you said, as soon as you start pivoting to, talking about your course topic some of those people may unfollow or yeah. may be disinterested but you also have the opportunity to then grow a huge audience yeah like from that same platform right so. and I think thinking to yourself too it's like quality over quantity with even with the engagement so like you said if you start to post and you know you have less likes just be like okay well now I know that the people that are following me right now this isn't super relevant to them yet maybe but again like you just got to find the people that that want this information and then it'll start to go up from there. Totally. You know? Um, okay. Next question. This is a good one. What was the biggest mistake you made when launching your first course? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) the thing that, that stands out to me the most and like the OGs will maybe remember this is that I did a, it was like my first attempt at doing a webinar. Did I tell you this? I can't remember if I've told you the story before. I don't think so. My first attempt at doing a webinar and I did not have my systems like in place at all yet. So I'm like, it's a live webinar. I'm like going through my notes and teaching. And I was not looking at the chat because I was focused on the teaching, but my like slides the screen was black the whole time. So people in the chat were telling me like, it's not working. Amy, we can't see you. We can't. And I was like, just did the whole hour. Oh my God. And I was like, fuck. I still had somebody enroll, which was oh. really amazing. But I mean, <laughs> the, it definitely the, the lecture was the audio <laughs> oh, version yes, was great. Yeah. But I was like so upset. Yeah. Um, so I mean, obviously, like little things like that, uh, and obviously over time, like I've learned just so many things about launching. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Well, I mean, maybe with that, it's like if you're launching, if you are doing a live, live webinar for the first time, like test it, or maybe have somebody like just a friend of yours that can help you moderate the chat or something Mm -hmm. like that to make sure, I don't know, like have maybe some fail safes in place. If you are going out on your first limb of some tech that maybe you're unfamiliar with. Totally. Set yourself up for success. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I guess to a good tip too, if anyone is doing live webinars, because what I learned after that is there's actually a way to still host a live webinar, but you have a pre-recorded video. So basically oh. every time after that, that I wanted to host a live webinar, I would actually be there live and I'd get on at the beginning, say hi to everybody. And then I'd be like, okay, press play. <laughs> press play. And then I'd be in the chat, like chatting with people while it was going. So it was kind of a win-win oh, because nice. then they could be like talking to me 
as the live training was going. Okay. I could make sure like to make the offer button live when I needed to. It was just, it felt so much more like less stressful. So. Yeah. I remember that actually it reminded me, giving me flashbacks of my first client that I was doing online courses for in like 2017 maybe. And there was like a glitch on webinar jam with the slides and like maybe like one slide was frozen oh yeah <laughs> the entire time and then you're like because everyone's standing there you're trying to figure out the tech but like you can't boot everyone off and start over like zoom it's like becomes this whole thing well it's so stressful too because as much as i hate to say it <laughs> <laughs> eric just walked by the podcast studio Bye. he's just you know checking out what's you know, going on see what's going on um as much as i hate to say it having tech issues like that snafus really does and can affect your sales because, you know, if you're thinking if somebody's planning to buy a course from you, especially if it's on like a business related topic yeah. and you don't have your shit together, it's kind of like, well, I'm not going to listen to you about like how to create courses and webinars if you can't get your own to work. Yeah. So, I mean, it does matter, but again, there are definitely ways around it. Um, which again, is kind of a learning, learning yeah. process. So. Well, I feel like a good point with this question is like, it would be great if you were like, oh, I wish I had done this one thing. Right. But the truth is, is that like, I feel at this point, everything that you would have done differently is inside OCA. Right. You right, know? So yeah. I think it just speaks to the mindset that you have, which is like, okay, well that didn't go well. It's not going to derail my entire business right. or my whole life. It's just like, okay, we're pivoting. Mm -hmm. We're doing something different. Let's move on. Let's do a new webinar. Like, and you just keep going and figuring it out so that it doesn't become this like, you know, disaster catastrophe, well, you know, totally. And it sounds like so cliche, but you have to kind of reframe the mindset around any sort of mistakes, because I mean, looking back at it now, you guys, like if I hadn't had that live webinar failure, would I have ever even tried to do passive webinars right. I don't know that That's was a, a huge point. catalyst for me to be like you know what I gotta figure out an easier <laughs> way to do this an easier like less stressful way and that's now yeah. become like my entire business model is like what yeah. is the easiest least stressful way that I can show other people how to do it and avoid the stakes that mistakes that I made so you can think about that in your own business obviously things are gonna happen failures are gonna happen and it's kind of just like how do you get back up and pivot and make mm -hmm. it better yeah than it would have been I did. I've been thinking about this a lot lately that I think there's a misconception that successful people didn't have these obstacles or that it was just easy for them. And for some people, yeah, it probably is given whatever situation they might be in. But I think reminding yourself that like, oh no, that person just got up one more time than they were knocked down, yeah. you know, and just because you are experiencing, you know, ups and downs, that doesn't mean that you're not meant to do the thing that you want to do. 100%. You know? um, okay. This is an interesting one. I'm, I think I, I know what you're going to say, but <laughs> this person said, would you suggest selling smaller digital products before launching? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so this is my, my question is kind of, or this is, these are my thoughts on it. I think that it takes the same amount of pr like time, energy, resources to sell a small digital product. I'm assuming they mean like lower price digital product before yeah. something that's higher price. So why would you not put all the energy into something that is going to make you a lot more money? Yeah. <laughs> like that's bottom line for me. Now the caveat there is I think some people really cannot wrap their mind around like immediately selling something for $500. It's mm. just like out of the realm of possibility. And if your mind doesn't believe that something is possible for you, it's 
it might be hard. It might be a block for you to even show up on social media and promote it. Cause you're like feeling you have so many limiting beliefs around, Oh my God, who's going to buy this, you know? Yeah. But if you can wrap your mind around selling something for $50, that might be at least just a good way to like get started and get comfortable mm. selling in until you're able to scale up. But like, I don't know. I mean, what, what I, fe- I to feel like too, the, the advice that I would give is like, okay, let's make sure that those digital products are going to be related to the eventual course topic that you want Mm -hmm. to make, because then you're going to get a lot of practice talking about that thing and what result people are going to get from it and how much time, money, and energy they're going to save by using your resource. So if you need to just kind of grease the wheels a little bit, then that's one thing. But, you know, to your point, if you just skip right to making an online course about this topic that you're passionate about, then like you only have to focus on selling that one thing. Mm-hmm. All of your time and energy doesn't have to be like, well, this freebie or this download is this and this download does this, but a little bit different. And this one is, you know, you might as well just go for it. Yeah. Well, and I just always think about like that conversion, like calculation that I, that I share, I've shared this all over the place, but like if your course is only five, if your course is $500, then you need so many fewer sales yeah. to to generate like a full-time income from that versus if your digital download is $5, $10, like do the math. Like you're going to need a much larger audience to Mm -hmm. make the number of conversions you're going to need to like fully support yourself. So it's kind of, I mean, it, it depends on that too. I think also a lot of people think that because something's cheaper, it'll be easier to sell. Like yeah. they don't have to market as much. And that's really not necessarily true. I wouldn't say. Well, cause it's like at the end of the day, you know, using Amy's strategy and the OCA strategy, creating organic content is, is the way to sell something. Right. And if you're going to make a reel about your download, it's going to take the same amount of time to make that reel for a digital download that's $7 versus a $500 course. If you're going to need the sales machine to be constantly moving. Right. So if you're going to take the time to make content, might as well be a higher ticket. Yeah. And then just make sure if you want to justify that higher price point, and this is something that we talk about in the membership a lot as well, like, okay, well then just be really clear about how big and great this result is, you know, and how many tools you have within your course that are going to set people up for success, you know, to justify that price point and that transformation that they're going to have. So love it. Yeah. Um, Okay. So we are going to try a little game because a lot of people ask Amy, advice on their course topics. And I thought it would be fun because we have a lot of them to kind of game show style, rapid fire, Amy's first thoughts <laughs> going in blind <laughs> on these course I'm topic so questions. And I actually have not looked at them yet. So it'll be my first answer. Am I saying like, yes or no? Like, yes, that'll be profitable. No, that won't be profitable. I would say you could say y- yes or no. And maybe just a brief why okay. like, oh yeah, yeah, that's clear. Or like, no, I don't know what that is. Maybe it should be, you know, okay, okay. maybe like it. a little quick yes. explanation. I'll try and be short. Um, here. And maybe, you know, we'll have a little game music or something underneath to make this yes. <laughs> course topic, rapid fire questions for Amy. Here we go. Number one, course on healing acne through plant-based nutrition. Yes. Yes. I, I like that. And yeah, it's very clear. The outcome is clear and the like process of how you're getting somebody, getting someone there is clear. So I'd say, yes, I love it. Great. Number two, a journaling course. No. <laughs> it For what? Like why? Right. <laughs> what is the, what are you journaling for? Okay. Number three, I sell activewear. Is that a course that I can sell? No. Well, depending on how you kind of position it. So it could be maybe 
if you have a business selling activewear, how did you start your activewear business? Like that would be a great course, but like selling activewear as a course, I mean, I don't get it. Right. Uh, number four, <laughs> <laughs> number four, a course on speaker training. Yes. But again, like be more specific, what type of speaker and what, what is the outcome? Like, are you going to make more sales, get more clients, be famous on social media? Like what, what are you being a speaker Get for? paid like, yeah. you know, four figures, five figures to do an, like an event or a retreat or something. Right. And yeah. be, you know, okay. Next one. Teach your baby to sleep through the night and nap like a boss in six steps. I say that's a really good course. Okay. I mean, nap like a boss. I don't know if that necessarily makes sense, but like sleep through the night. I love it. <laughs> and you can use, you know, nap like a boss, you know, if that's like, you know, your personality and that's how you talk, you can always use that kind of stuff in your sales For page, sure. Yes. You I'm, know? Not, I'm not shitting on that. For I'm sure. sorry if that sound, sounded bitchy. I just but mean just like, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's hard to, I think you can totally make a brown brand around anything. I mean, some people are probably like, what is a lazy millionaire? So it's all like totally. what you do with that language. I think that matters. But how many I've, parents I'm sure would literally max out a credit card to get their baby oh, to sleep. 100%. Sure, so. Yeah. Like anything. Yeah. <laughs> And then, okay, last one, vegan during the holidays course. I would say that that sounds more like an ebook to me of like recipes, vegan during the holiday, unless, Mm -hmm. unless you're like teaching somebody how to go vegan, like for a purpose that's related to the holidays. Like I, I'm not really sure because I, again, I'm not an expert on that topic, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything you'd add to that? I mean, maybe like if it was like you said, yeah, a big recipe book where it's like, you know, a download PDF of like famous Christmas and holiday recipes or like Thanksgiving recipes that are now made vegan and it's all really delicious. That's something. But then as far as a course, you do want like a transformation. So is it like, is someone going from you know, being a meat eater to being vegan? And like, are you walking them through that process and making sure they get protein? And then there's a holiday pack, you know, like recipe book as a bonus or an add on. But, you know, first, I think a course to be um, clear and profitable, people need to feel like they're going to go through some kind of transformation. So totally. I mean, I do see that a lot with people who are like in the vegan or just any sort of like dietary change like world, like they want to make a course on that topic, but it's kind of like, but why? Like, mm-hmm. what is the outcome of somebody being vegan? Are they going to have improved health? Mm-hmm. Are they going to have weight loss? Are they going to be stronger? Are they going to have more or energy? Or like, like healing acne, like the first one we covered. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. That was fun. Great. I loved it. Well, if you guys like that, then, you know, continue to send <laughs> yeah, your Yeah, let me know. We can, can start compiling them and we can do that on, like occasional episodes. I love it. Love that. Um, okay. Next category that we're going to be covering is about money mindset. Um, so someone asked talking about what I'm earning and charging feels awkward. Help. So I don't know, obviously, again, I don't have any context for this person. I don't know what her business is. Um, if your if your business isn't related to like making money or helping other people making money. I don't necessarily think you need to be talking about what you're earning unless you want to. But if talking about what you are charging feels awkward. So I'm wondering if she's saying like, she doesn't feel comfortable. Like I was saying before showing up and being like, this is my coaching package for $500. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I think it is just uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable conversation to be talking about publicly, like saying, Hey, everybody, essentially pay me this amount for my services. It's weird if you, if this is your first like venture into being an entrepreneur and you've never like created anything in charge for it before. Mm. I think 
a part of it is just practice. Like it's yeah. going to get easier the more that you do it. And it's one of those scary things that you kind of just have to show up and do. And eventually it gets easier. Um, another obviously tip is start with a number that you do feel comfortable talking about. I mean, I def- definitely don't want anybody like undercharging, but at the same time, if it's going to prevent you from ever starting in the first place because you have such a mindset block around it, I think it's better to charge a hundred dollars, you know, yeah. To start, if that feels more comfortable, and then you can slowly work your way up. The last thing I would say too is like working on whatever you can do for like self self worth, like really understanding what your time and energy is valued at. I think yeah. that's been a huge thing for me. Like as I've increased the prices of my offerings, I if I started my business and first had a course that was $2,500, I would have been like, oh my God, nobody's going to pay that. Like, I'm so scared. What are people going to say? But by the time that I had been like experienced enough, I guess, to launch a course at that price, I was like, take it or leave it. I think it's great. And it's going to like have helped people get huge, amazing results. So the right people will find it. I know my value. I know my worth. Like this is what it's worth. Yeah. Like no. And oddly enough, like no one ever questions the price. So It's really interesting, I think, what what happens when you fully believe and stand behind like what you've created and then also feel worthy of that money yeah. too. Yeah. I also think just like a, a reframe sometimes is helpful and think about like ultimately like, yes, you want to make money, you want to have passive income and so does everybody, right? But ultimately the knowledge that you have is going to be helpful to someone and you also took the time to you know, work nights or while your kid was sleeping or in between hours that you could in the day to work on this course for free in hopes that someone is going to one day buy it. So now it's just an exchange of energy, right? Money is an energy, time is an energy, like all of these things can be actually seen with more of an equivalency than I think we allow them to be seen sometimes. And I think if you just say, I poured my heart and soul into creating this thing that I know is good and it's going to help someone have a transformation, then we're just exchanging changing an energy as like a compensation for the hard work and the knowledge so that they can get what they want at the end of the day anyway. Right. I mean, we live in a capitalistic society. Everyone's buying stuff for, Mm -hmm. even if you're buying like, you know, a glass cleaner spray, it's like, you know, because your windows are dirty. So you're willing to put the money in to get the result that you want. You want clean windows. So if you can just somehow pivot your mind to like, not feel like you're begging people for money and more like you have something available that's going to help someone. Yeah. And you just need to have an exchange of funds in order for them to get what they want. Totally. Yeah. It's like you, you want this shiny end result that I'm talking about. Well, you can pay for the roadmap to get it. It's like simple as that. Um, and I think also it's not charity. Yeah. Like you're not asking for a donation. Right. You know, (laughs) right. Well, I think also something that's huge too, that is just being aware in your day to day life of the types of money mindset, limiting beliefs that come into your world, whether that's like from other people, whether that's the things people are saying on TV. Cause I think a lot of times it can really like infiltrate your subconscious and you don't even mm-hmm. realize it. Like the, the thought that was coming to mind as you were talking is like a lot of people now are saying, well, why would somebody buy a course when you can just buy like find all that info on the internet for free or using chat GPT. And it's like, you, you have to beware of those types of thoughts. Cause then I think you can start to think them, Yeah, but I think then, but just to answer that, it's like, okay, yeah, you could totally find everything that's in a course on online or ask chat GPT. Yeah. It's not going to be the same. Like try it. No. (laughs) See what happens. Right. And also I think part of the OCA method as well is talking about like, you know, bonuses and resources and, and 
you know, we talk a lot in the membership about, okay, what are you creating to set your, to set your student up for success? Like if you have a meal planning course, there's grocery lists and there's calendars and there's do and don't ingredients. And there's all these things that are packaged into one specific place for someone to be able to get the best result. That's a lot more powerful than them taking notes on 70 different YouTube videos that they've watched and one article from this person. And one, especially, you know, if you think about if you are your own unicorn and you got the result that you're promising based on the tactics that you did for yourself that you're suggesting, then they're going to want to buy from you because you said, Oh, I did this. Look at, mm-hmm. I'm living proof versus like, you know, 20 different opinions from different materials online. And then you're like, okay, who got what result? What am I actually after? Yeah. It's harder to kind of picture what the end result is. I think it, it is the best way that someone can, can really get the result that they want. If they, if you have built trust with, with your audience and they want to buy from you. Totally. Well, yeah, it's like it's a streamlined process versus just a shit. It's like going to a library and there's so much knowledge there. But like, is it going to get you the quickest way to your end result? No, it's going to take you forever to like sort through everything and organize it yourself and then try and then fail. So um, that was kind of a tangent on online courses. But I I think like just going back to the point that I was trying to make is like just being really aware of what your money, any messages throughout the day that you get about money that could be embedding themselves into your subconscious and Mm. making you think that you're not worthy of charging whatever you want to charge. Totally. What do you think? um, This might seem like a course question, but I think it's, it, it is a mindset question at the end of the day. But um, someone said, what do you see as the biggest reason that people are not able to sell? Yes. So, I mean, I kind of mentioned this at the beginning, but I think the number one reason is again, to your point, it's a mindset thing of having that block around selling, like feeling like, and I get this question all the time, like, how do I sell without being spammy and sleazy? And it's like, why would you think that selling is spammy and sleazy in the first place? Right. Right. I don't know. Like, and, and it, and it makes me kind of like chuckle a little bit. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I literally am selling every day. Like yeah. every time I post to social media, I'm selling in yeah. a direct or indirect way. And then people are asking me how I do it without being salesy. So if you're following <laughs> me and you don't think that what I'm doing is spammy or sleazy, like follow, like follow, just literally copy what I'm doing. Like I'm always storytelling. I'm answering questions. I'm selling the dream, quote unquote, sending people to my freebies. Like you, you can constantly be selling without it feeling gross. It doesn't need to be. Again, you're, you're offering a service for people, especially like I see this a lot in launches too. People are like, Oh, I'm, I'm launching, but I haven't had any sales yet. And I'll like click over to their profile. And it's like, I don't see anything about their course launching. Yeah. So I think unapologetically talking about the thing that you sell. This is who I am. This is what I do. You can buy it here. Mm-hmm. Everywhere. Yeah. And here, here are the results that I've achieved despite all these obstacles. I figured out a way to do it and I can help you do it. Yeah. Like that's the perfect sales pitch to your course. And that's why I think I always talk about like being your own unicorn can be like the most effective sales strategy. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't know what a unicorn is, it means like being your own, I hate like the term ideal avatar or whatever the business coaches say. So I just call it unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> so now you know. So now you know. Um, anything else you would add to that? Yeah, I think it's just, it, it, it is that same just sort of, I think it's just a nervous energy and it's just kind of like a, especially if you've used Instagram for mostly personal reasons, it, it's hard to make that transition sometimes or even from personal to expert to then a sales machine, like that feels like a big jump sometimes. Um, or even, okay, I know how to deliver valuable content, but the stakes feel so much higher now because I'm asking again for this exchange. And it really, I think is just like, at the end of the day, you want who you're 
your audience to feel seen, heard, and understood by what you're saying. And so ultimately, if you can be a resource for them to feel like, okay, I'm always getting, you know, value from this person. They're always posting helpful tips and tricks. They're always like showing me what's possible and inspiring me. Like those are all great reasons that people follow someone on social media. And hopefully when you have that, all of that messaging aligned, that's going to directly, hopefully be a funnel into your course. So if you're, if you know that your messaging is right and you're hitting the right pain points of your unicorn, then simply just saying like, Oh, and like, there's a resource in my bio. Like if you want this transformation, if this sounds like you, there it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes, you know, it's just a big hump for people to, to, to get over because it just feels like this, like, Oh my God. But like imposter syndrome, I think is a big, is a big part of it as well. But Um, again, it's an exchange and the more you can practice, the better you'll get. I think another thing too, that I was thinking is like focusing more on the end result than the actual like bells and whistles. So for example, like when you are in the middle of a launch, you don't need to get on your stories and be like, hi guys, my course has seven modules and 27 lessons. And this is how many worksheets and this is how many hours. Nobody cares about that. I mean, if they want to see about that, they can go to the sales page, but instead being like, this is the transformation I'm helping people achieve. I've done it myself or whatever the story is around it that, you know, you, that is true that you're selling. And then something as easy as if you want to learn more, if this sounds like a good fit, here's the link. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to make it, even if you don't want to necessarily say, I rarely show up on my stories and say like, do you want to spend $2,500? Here you go. Like that's not sexy. Well, and also if you've ever seen Amy's webinar, then you'll know, or if perhaps you're in OCA, you'll know that there are expert lessons and bonuses and templates and there's a million things, but like you are almost never getting on stories being like talking about that. Yeah. Like those features. You're just literally like, oh, I was at the beach club and I made 10 grand. Amazing. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, tea. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> Incredible. Totally. Well, I you wonder know? also if there's an element of like, maybe this is the Scorpio in me, but like uh, leaving it a little bit mysterious. Like, yeah. because if I, again, if I was talking just about like courses and how to do this and how to do that all the time versus like, oh, I'm at the beach club and I make 10 made 10 grand. I don't know if there'd be that same question of, wait, what, how did you do that? I'm going to click this link. Cause I want to know what she's talking about. And then from there, yeah. I'm t- talking about the bells and whistles, the the bonuses, whatever you're going to get. It's the hook, right. You know, that gets people in to want to learn more. Yeah. So yeah, just again, the selling the dream, focus on the transformation. If it's hard for you to feel like if it feels like a used car salesman, because you are maybe focused on like 10 modules, 20 worksheets, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then yeah, it does sound like you're giving the specs of a car. Yeah. Right. And you're like air conditioning, heated seats. Yeah. Right. But then just literally be like, no, this is going to heal your gut. This mm-hmm. is going to, you're going to heal your acne. You're going to transform you're gonna decorate your house without hiring an interior designer you're gonna save time and money and energy you're gonna not have to go to a million specialists if it's Mm -hmm. like more of a medical thing like focus on that yeah well I love that I think that's the perfect way to end this episode um and you guys one more last reminder because I want everybody who wants to be in OCA by the end of this year literally if you're listening to this the day that it comes out it's probably your last chance to get in before the end of the year. Um, Definitely your last chance to get an OCA at this price point. So again, we will link to the sale price in the description of this podcast. It's also gonna be linked in my bio. You've got about 24 hours to make your decision if you wanna join us in OCA. And then just reminder too, for everybody that joins right now, 
and everybody that's a current student, you will get automatic access to all of the bonuses, updated lessons, everything else that we are adding. Um, And in the future, like the price is just going to go up. So keep that in mind. If you have questions, you can always reach out to me on Instagram. But thank you so much for listening. And thanks, Emily, for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Wealthy, Worthy, and Wild. If you enjoyed this episode or found it helpful, would you do me a huge favor and either share it on your Instagram stories and tag me or leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you were listening to this? It helps us reach more people with this message. I love and appreciate you all so much. And remember, the most effective way to attract your desires is to start showing up as the version of you who already has those things right now. There's nothing standing in your way from feeling those feelings today. Now go have a beautiful rest of your day.